The Unconditional Love Podcast is a project dedicated to bringing visibility to all queer folks through the coming out experience. By sharing in the coming out experience, we bring forward the self-realizing journey of one's gender and or sexual identity. Our intention is to validate the many forms of queerness, and more importantly, to connect numerous lives through talks and listenings that inspire new understandings of gender and sexuality. Unconditional Love affirms to contribute and continue in furthering conversations around race, gender, class, and sexuality by highlighting the lives of all queer folks. We hope meaningful talks emerge that reach beyond the podcast itself. My name is Alejandro Echeverria. And I'm Frankie Younger. And this is Unconditional Love. to another episode of Unconditional Love. I'm Alejandro. In the house, we got Anthony. Hey, what's up? We also got Grecia. Hey! And so in this episode, we had the opportunity to interview a makeup gangster from, from LA. Not A, right? The makeup gangster. <laughs> Yeah, the I mean, official. The official. There we go. The official makeup gangster. There we go. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that's actually I, that's your Instagram handle, so you can, if you're interested in following them, um, it's at the official makeup gangster. Yeah, and I think that makes no us R. more. That makes us more official too, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. There we go. And, and this so, is our. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You got it. This is our. This is our second season of unconditional love and it was such a great opportunity just to like go out into into la rather than be in, in the studio right so yeah which i guess is one of the uh you know maybe that's one of the silver linings of of the of the quarantine right this is our first kind of you know semi zoom episode but in order to get this this narrative or uh create this episode we had to actually go to los angeles and do some some socially distant socializing, I guess you would say. I don't know. I don't know what the term is yet, right? Maybe there's not even a term yet, but that's a term. <laughs> yeah. So it felt it felt good. To, it felt good to. It, it was a bit weird, right? But it, but uh, I think it worked out. Oh yeah, it was yeah. a good episode. Like um, even though we did get some some airplanes flying flying above us, right? It's it was yeah. a good episode. He. They makeup gangster really talked about a lot of different topics that we probably weren't aware of. My favorite was the I would like to call it the power of makeup. Um, I feel like that's central to their to their being right now or their adult stage in life and it's and it's really colorful the way they describe it and went through that process. What do you guys think? Um, I really like the setup of where we did the interview. It was in 
um, his backyard and the airplanes were kind of part of like the scene and also like hearing him talk about his relationship with his parents. And so just thinking of like who he is, what his house, you know, looked like and how comfortable he was in his backyard. Um, and just like the, I think something different happened with his parents that traditionally like, you know, doesn't always happen in the coming out story. So I thought that was cool, um, good to hear. And it was a good conversation around that. I think the makeup too is, a, is an important uh, aspect too. You know, not just the art, but sort of the ways that, you know, it was makeup that sort of empowered, right? Uh, uh, the coming out process, you know, the idea of, of, of coming out in full face. Um, yeah. It's a guts, man. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And so, but I think one of the most like hard hitting aspects of the interview was uh, his advice that he gives towards the end. And so hopefully, uh, I, hope, I hope people take, like, give him a, a quick hearing on his advice and tell us what y'all think. Mauricio, a.k.a. Makeup Gangsta. <laughs> and that's Gangsta with an A at the end. People be saying gangsters, like, no, Gangsta. Official, official Makeup Gangsta. Yeah. Official, official Makeup yeah. Gangsta, okay. Yeah. So, Official Makeup Gangsta, uh -huh. can you tell us a little bit your, about your coming out story? Well, um, I came out to mom and dad, I want to say maybe, I think it was when I was 25. So, I was... It was, you know, a little too late. Not too late, but, you know, I, mm -hmm. it, it was interesting. Um, my my dad, you know, being in a Latino home, the, the story is usually that the dad's, like, not here for it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it was the opposite with me. My, my dad really, like, he just was like, oh, okay. Like, as long as you're not, like, a serial killer or anything, you know? Uh, so my dad was, like, totally cool about it. Like, absolutely. Like, he did not have no issues or anything. Um, my mom was actually the one that had to understand and accept it. And it's been a process for her till this day. Okay? Mm -hmm. And I'm 30 now. So it's... It, edit that. <laughs> but, uh, no, but it's... it's I understand where she's coming from because i can't be like accept me don't be ignorant da, da, da. no no no. i i try to understand where she's coming from as well i know that a lot of it she's afraid of how people are going to treat me you know okay um she's afraid of you know you know you see the news like oh you know somebody got attacked for being gay and stuff like that but it, it's been like a process for her yeah so but dad is on board he doesn't care so I, I have yeah. That's my. Uh, oh, can you tell us a little bit about the day that it happened, or yeah, what the the incident? Right? Yeah. So pretty it? much, um, what happened? It was already kind of my mom found out through I think it was MySpace. You guys remember MySpace? Yes. Okay, yeah, I'm that old. Um, she had an account. 
um, totally different friend list, you know. Mm -hmm. But she has, you know, a few gay friends here and there. Um, so we had one in common. And she was snooping around. She kind of found me. And then she's like, oh, you know, are you, do you like guys? Or like, like straight up like that. I was like, oh. Um, and at first, obviously, you know, I said, I'm bi, blah, blah, blah. Trying to like kind of cover up, you know, kind of <laughs> dip in my feet, you know. And, and then I was like, no, no, I just, I don't like chicks. I just like dudes. And she just, she was just, I don't know, weird. So fast forward to that day. Um, she was just kind of like, you better tell your dad. You better tell your dad. This was her just kind of being upset, I guess. She wasn't understanding. She just kind of, her saying, tell your dad, was kind of her way of saying, like, oh, you're going to get it from your dad. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and um, like, vas a ver, you know, vas a ver, you know? So it, it was intense and very emotional for me because she beat me to it. She was like, I'm going to tell your dad. The reason why it led to that is because I was at a club and I met up with her friend or acquaintance okay. because we just get community small. So we just we were just meeting up for drinks. Cool, cool. I was dressed up. My makeup back then was not what it is now. So, you know, I looked a little weird. And um, uh, we took a picture. We all took like a group picture. Just, you know, Kodak moment, having a good time, good times, you know. And I told her, I was like, look, I know so-and-so. We took a picture. I'm just letting you know. Because it looks like me. I, I couldn't transform that well back then. Mm -hmm. So it just looked like me in a week. <laughs> you know? So um, just kind of letting you know what's going on. She wasn't having it. She was like, oh, my God, they're going to make fun of me at work. My son dresses up like a chick. Blah, blah, blah. And that's when she just went to my dad. Because I was scared to tell him, you know? So she kind of like... I don't want to say blackmailed or she kind of like manipulated me to like uh -huh. I, I, you know you know um so that's how I went down and when I walked into the room my mom was halfway through the story and of like telling him like okay, oh this is what dad? happened he goes to the club like this x y and z <laughs> you know so I was thinking not only am I coming out as a homosexual but I'm coming out as a drag queen. So um, it was, I just remember feeling scared, you know, not sure of what was going to happen, even though I knew that deep inside, my dad was not going to throw me out or anything, mm -hmm. you know, but I just still had that, like, I wasn't so sure. You know what I mean? You still had a little fear. A little bit of fear, uh -huh. you know, because of how, just in general, in, in Latino culture, you know, even on the TV, just jokes and references, and we're just, you know. Um, so I was just like a little scared and everything. And once I got to the room and I told him, well, what did she tell you so far, you know, just so I can fill you in on the rest. And yeah, I basically told him what it is. He asked me straight up, like, are you trans? Do you want to transition? Like, he was straight up, you know? Mm -hmm. And I told him, no, like, I just do it for fun. You know, I think at the time he also didn't really understand. It was just kind of like, 
like a big box of surprise like hey you know so um but i did tell him if i want to go that direction i will let you know you know i'll let you know i'll be you know i'm very open with him mm -hmm. about a lot of things and um but that that was it it was very very emotional and and a little forced you know but if i wouldn't have done it right there or if it wouldn't happen kind of just you know happened since my mom took charge i think i i i would have eventually told him mm -hmm. but it probably just would have been slower slowly you know the whole drag thing i felt like it was just like you know just slowly kind of introduce him to the culture of it you know but um it is what it is and that's how it happened um sometimes to this day i um i don't want to bring it up to my mom you know um she's okay with it i know that sometimes some things bug her especially um i had an interview with univision mm -hmm. channel 34 a year ago because i was at a uh, at a beauty pop-up expo mm -hmm. and um i told her i'm gonna be in univision and they're um they're gonna interview me and i'm gonna be in full face i'm just letting you know in case you see it you know what i mean uh but little things like that that i i just i don't like that i have to kind of run it by her you know what i mean it's like hey if i'm getting interviewed that's it that's my, that's me you know but i i'm always worried about okay just letting you know da, 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 and and it shouldn't be that you know so that's something that i'm kind of like making her just get used to the fact that this is what i like to do for example with Tiamat, we had a um, interview with German television. Okay. Yeah. So, uh -huh. so um, again, I was like, "Fuck!" Now I'm gonna be. I can curse, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "I'm gonna be broadcasted over there," even though I don't know anybody in Germany. But just kind of also me getting comfortable being on camera, mm -hmm. just saying like, "This is what I do: homosexual makeup, weed, whatever," you know. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that that was. And you said that you, you came out at 25, right? Uh -huh. And it's because your mom found a photo of you at a bar in face. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. I want to know, like, I don't know if y'all, um, like, I found, what was the first time, how, how does it make you feel when you put on a full face, and how old were you when you first started doing it? Um, I think I was... Yeah, 25, it's when I got curious mm -hmm. with makeup. I draw and paint in general, so I've always just kind of liked the arts. Um, but I remember I was at a, like a little flyer party, and I befriended a drag queen. And um, it just kind of, I made friends with her, and she started to kind of, hey, have you ever done it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, dude, I think I'd make an ugly chick, you know? But it was something I was never drawn to i was always that guy that was like oh you're never gonna see me like that never gonna see me like that you know what i mean and um the first time i did it i went to circus i don't know if you're familiar with that it doesn't exist anymore circus disco gay club west hollywood um arena no yes you, you know girl <laughs> so i went there um 
it felt like a costume, like Halloween. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, it just felt like I can kind of hide and just go and I like the attention. <clears throat> I remember I had this um, cheap outfit from like, like, Bias Paredes or something. <laughs> it, black. Uh, because again uh, it was something new I just didn't want to invest money in getting an outfit uh, it was a red like a neon red wig and we couldn't color match ourselves back then so we would just go like ivory you know what I mean so I yeah so I was looking a little you know my, my skin tone was a little off but um, it felt empowering it felt like a costume like mm -hmm. you know you ever put on a costume and you just get into character Damn, that's what it was. And uh, I was nervous to get out of the car. Like, I was nervous because it's like, uh, it's happening right now. One thing is doing it in your room. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is getting out of the, so you can walk to the club. You know, even though I had like two big dudes with me. Uh, but you just, it was my first time, you know. So I was mm -hmm. like, uh So, but yeah. Can I, can I ask, so, so you started the... The story with coming out to your to your mom or mm -hmm. being outed, right, in a way by your mom. Mm -hmm. But it seems that you had already sort of you had already come out, right, to myself, to yourself. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and to others. It seems that you had already, you know, you already sort of were, were building a community, mm -hmm. right, before coming out to your mom. Can mm -hmm. you tell us um, how did that process start, or, 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 or when did that happen? Um. I think it all happened through social media. Through social media? Because I didn't have any gay friends. So social media to me was kind of, I didn't know what gay was. I didn't know what it was to be gay, you know? Um, I used to hang out with a bunch of like, uh, you know, like metalheads and punk rockers and, and backyards, mm -hmm. you know, the, for the shows and everything. So that's where, like, I used to hang out, but I felt like I had to, like, find people that could understand me. You know what I mean? And that's where social media, I use social media to network and connect. And that's how I also started to kind of feel more comfortable with myself. You know what I mean? Um, because in, in high school, it was... I was coming to terms with myself. I was like, okay, like guys, again, I don't know what gay was. I know, okay, I like guys, but the culture in general, I had no knowledge of it, terms, I, I had questions. I had a lot of questions. And there was this one group there that we had, but if you joined that group, it was kind of like social suicide in high school you know what I mean it's like the only guy in color guard like mm -mm, you know <laughs> so but it that's slowly but surely through social media it's how I started to connect and I started to kind of um, <clears throat> also get information with like what's drag blah 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 you know this is X, Y, and Z mm -hmm. um, do you feel like the the circles you hung out with when you were in high school were they like homophobic Did they... well my years in high school were hell i was a loner mm -hmm. for the most part 
Um, I was 300 pounds. Uh, I had like really bad acne. So I was an outcast already. Not only that, but I'm gay, you know? Not only that, but I was like artsy and stuff like that. I kept to myself. So my circle was really small. I would get picked on. The few people that I did have around, uh, they were mostly women, girls, and a, a little homophobic, even though they knew that their friend was totally gay. But, you, you know, the age, we were like, what, like 17, 16? They, oh, yeah, I mean, if you want to be the F word, um, then that's you you know and when somebody tells you that it's kind of like oh wow geez you know like i'm not gonna tell you anything exactly because they don't know they don't know you know it it was different all latinas you know and and yeah it was it wasn't the best yeah i would uh just hear it every day like the f word i would get picked on you know for being overweight stuff like that so my my social life in in high school was just I think that's why I was also like a late bloomer when it came to like oh you know interacting with people learning to socialize with people and having to leave that insecurity back you know back there so I was gonna say you mentioned terms earlier like what kind of terms um, like what were the, the terms that you started learning what was the experience learning them? Like, because it's like a, a vocabulary and like a sense of a culture mm-hmm. that you were. Yeah, so all of that, like I said, it all came through um, the internet and, and networking with individuals, you know. Um, I also started going to, um, to West Hollywood, to the gay scene, um, and just trying to learn about the culture you know that that at the time I thought is what I I had to be there I had to be there to feel accepted I have to be there to feel like oh this is where you're this is kind of where you're supposed to be you know Mm -hmm. obviously now I know that you know back then I didn't had no knowledge of it but um, it's it's not how it should be it's not what I should have done I should have just kind of stayed focused on myself and not trying to like get in there you know what I mean because I made why, a, why do you think that why do you I mean can you tell us a little more about why you think that wasn't the the right space or the right well process? um gay culture and we've had this conversation before uh, gay culture is not what people think it is I think you kind of understand maybe poquito He's straight, what? <laughs> uh, um, it's, it's um, you know, I started going into, like, you know, little parties and, and clubs and stuff like that. And I was thinking, hey, I'm here. I'm queer. Get used to it. These are going to be my peoples. They understand me. They're going to accept me. X, Y, and Z, right? Once I get there, it was a different story. So not only was I overweight. I was Latino. Um, I just I didn't look like what we pre- what we think a gay man is supposed to look like. You know what I mean? Especially in West Hollywood, it's just kind of like a cookie cut version of 
what they're supposed to look like, you know, tight shirts, comb over, whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it, you know, and um, a lot of discrimination, you know, straight up, I don't want to talk to you, you know, when all, sometimes I just, I wanted to network, I wanted to make friends, you know, so during that, that also, um, it just made me feel very insecure also, so I was thinking, oh, I'm going to go to this place, cool, no, it just, it wasn't the right mentality that I had at the time. I was trying to fit in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I guess that's... I was trying to fit in. I was trying to look like them, you know? Yeah. So it sounds like there was a, a, a place that you thought you might be less vulnerable, and it turned out that maybe you were more vulnerable in that space for other reasons. Though. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Was there, was there, do you think... Was there the potential there for, for you to be taken advantage of as someone new into this space? Yeah. Sort of open and looking for something and, and folks that had already, you know, had sort of grown into that space. And, and yeah. Um, well, I think taking advantage of, no, just kind of being made fun of, not just being excluded, you know. That's pretty much how I felt. Leaving those places at night, like at two in the morning after a night of clubbing, you just kind of felt like it was fun, but it just didn't feel like you were accepted. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 But in your experience, it was, I hate to use the word, but relatively a safe space besides, you know, being made fun of and that yeah. kind of stuff. But you yeah. Yeah. I kind of had to just deal with that, you know, okay. the fact that it's a safe space, but these people are so judgmental Mm -hmm. you know what i mean just a simple hello was kind of like you know (laughs) i don't want to talk to you yeah you know so so it was exclusionary or or oh hell yeah okay hell yeah yeah okay yeah 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 so it's 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 changing Mm -hmm. very very slowly though but yeah. Did you, since it was exclusive, like, did you ever feel like you had a change to be part of it? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it inspired me to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Me losing weight was not because, oh, I'm going to be healthy. No, it's because I want to <laughs> look like them, you know? I'm just keeping it real, you know? I wasn't going to the gym like, oh, you know, I want to have a healthy life. No, bitch. Like, I was just going there because <laughs> I want to look like them. I, I had like the comb, I bleached my there was a time when I bleached my hair mm-hmm. you know Mexican with blonde hair like what you know and um, yeah I was trying to fit in I was trying so hard because that's what I thought that I had to be you know what I mean mm-hmm. but um, yeah did, did you okay so you said that you tried to do that when was when was it when you stopped trying when, when did that occur or how did that come about um so around this time, I was already um, starting to dabble into makeup, uh-huh. and I think kind of made me have my own identity. I wasn't trying to be in that space anymore. Um, so makeup just helped me be like you know the own architect of what I want to you know what I mean of how I want to present myself to society what I want to do and everything you know so with makeup it really did help me a lot a lot so very therapeutic so So it was just like the makeup in general and that's when I just started to let go of I have to look that way I have to behave a certain way I have to be friends with so-and-so you know what I mean yeah 
that's when my it just made me become an individual. That sounds uh, it sounds somewhat ironic, right? That you, you had this experience where there was this sort of performance that people expected or that you thought people expected, mm -hmm. right? To be to be queer, to be gay. And then you you sort of felt that that wasn't for you and you grew out of that. But then you still sort of find yourself in this performance kind of mm -hmm. space, right? And I imagine for you it's more of, you know, well, I don't want to even imagine. What, what is that for you then? What is the makeup part about? Like, what is it that you do, you know, that, that person that you are or, or, or grew into? I think just um, expressing myself through artistry, whether it's um, a look where I can look like a total trans chick or when I do something a little bit more like high fashion, it just kind of, it makes me feel validated not validated I guess it just makes me feel like like I'm an individual you know what I mean mm -hmm. yeah full full mm -hmm. makes me feel complete mm -hmm. like this is what I love to do you know what I mean and the fact that uh, I I'm still growing more into it and over the last year I've been doing a lot of more like Chicano infused looks in it and that's opened a new chapter to me as well to exploring more of what it you know my Chicano culture and being queer because it they don't mix they don't mix at all you know mixing them is like you're asking for trouble you know what I mean <laughs> but I can do that now and I started to network and discover other people that are into the same thing you know I'm curious about the because you're talking about the blending of Chicano uh -huh. and queerness and I'm also wondering of like how did you come with the name uh, Makeup Gangsta? Makeup Gangsta, I it started at a makeup counter. Obviously, I, I worked at several makeup counters. I remember I was at the Mac counter in Macy's, and at, around that time I was already I had to shave my head because my hair was just thinning. A fade did not look good on me anymore. So I was like, unless I get a transplant or something, it's no, it just looks, it looks whack, you know? So I ended up just shaving my head blue whatever. So it kind of just came from like a stereotype type of thing. I was standing at the, at the makeup counter, you know, with my brows all done, like always. And somebody was trying to just reference me like, oh, the, the guy right there, the guy right there. And it was a Caucasian lady. And she said, oh, the, the, the makeup, the little gangster guy, the makeup gangster guy right there. <laughs> and yeah, I thought it was funny, uh, you know, so, and then, but then it was like, that sounds kind of cool. It sounds like powerful. It sounds edgy. It's different. It's a fusion of both, like makeup and gangster. So when I think of that, I just think of like power. You know, it's like, it's, two stereotypes and you just mash them together and get me <laughs> so that's where it came from yeah and then I just kind of went with it and I had to change uh, I had to put the official thing on it because I started seeing people use it <laughs> and then that's when I was like oh let me put the official part first because that way when you type it in 
mine comes up as official so that just kind of like oh this is the one you need to follow mm-hmm. but that's how it came to be yeah can I ask what mall was it in it was in Delamo Delamo okay. mm-hmm. yeah it was in Delamo and uh, it was I don't remember the time and day girl but, <laughs> <laughs> but that's how it came to be mm-hmm. and and that just kind of became like my thing mm-hmm. yeah so all of this then happened before uh, you coming out to your mom and, and dad? No, no, no. no? That came out after. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, that, that okay. came out after, yeah. Okay. Right. And so what would you say then to, to folks who, I mean, I imagine every day, right? What, what, what a lot of people have been telling us through the podcast is that sort of coming out is is never complete right it's a process that happens over and over and over again mm-hmm. there's always someone either pulling you out or someone to come out to for some reason or whatever mm-hmm. so so what might you say then to you know folks that are still in that process or at the beginning of that mm-hmm. that process right? like what advice would i tell them or i mean it doesn't have to be advice but but yeah i mean what what would you say is there a way that like you're looking back now and uh-huh. you, you you now say hey maybe i shouldn't have you know, gone into this particular scene, mm-hmm. or maybe I shouldn't have, you know, chased this, or yeah, 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 or whatever. I mean, now that you sort of have done it, you have this experience. Is mm-hmm. there something? I don't know. What What would you say about that process? I would tell people that are in that situation to really learn about yourself before you present yourself like that to the public. Um, it's scary I totally get it it's nothing like hey I'm gay no because there's always going to be those assholes around you that are they've, you've been cool with them for like so many years and as soon as you say I'm gay pretty much it you know that's you know so I get it don't rush there is no time limit you, there is no like oh you have there's no deadline you know um, and everybody comes out there on time don't don't force yourself um, unless you're in a situation like mine, you know, but if, if if you're thinking about doing it, like I said, just you gotta be cool with yourself first. Mm-hmm. Don't don't put yourself in a situation where like I'm gonna come out and you're not even sure about what you're doing. You know what I mean? Because you feel that you have to come out to feel complete. You know what I mean? Like no, it's take your time. And on the other side of that, you seem to have found, I mean, going from someone in high school, for example, who, <laughs> you know, who, who was sort of the odd person out. Chelsea Grossi. <laughs> and, and, now, and now seeming to have found a place, right? <clears throat> yeah. For you to, to thrive and, yeah. you know. And, and it's, it's, it's been an interesting um, journey because looking back at my high school years, like I said, it, it was, you know, I missed out on a lot. I would just be home kind of like that's why I always say like I'm, I'm a late bloomer you know especially like when I was even when I was just again just kind of like accepting myself it came kind of late because just high school in general for me was torture you know I, I didn't want to be gay I didn't I didn't want to have that life I had no information the information that we have today that's Instagram and you know there's apps now where you know we didn't have it back then, you know? And it was, I felt like I was the only person in the world. And the only reference I had to gay men was what I would see in TV. 
a weak man that was just made fun of and yeah yeah so it it's it's different now so I wonder it seems to me that sort of growing up in a place like Los Angeles um, did, did you grow up in, in yeah in, in Echo Park yeah okay <clears throat> so it seems to me that while that is the stereotype on TV right mm -hmm. sort of the effeminate kind of weak man mm -hmm. being from Southern California I also know that there are some other right examples mm -hmm. or other ways right mm -hmm. of, of being queer that might not be the public ways Mm -hmm. Right, but still ways that a lot of us might have recognized growing growing up around different folks. Were there folks in your life besides you know media and TV that, that you knew that were queer at the time and that broke those stereotypes or no no okay. no the only people that I came across were and and it's 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 who they were they but they just matched the description of what I would see on TV so that made me just kind of like. I don't, I don't, I don't even know what gay is, and it just made me go in my shell mm -hmm. a lot. You know, I had like a little identity issue for a long time because I just didn't know. You know, even though being here in in Southern California, you know, I just the culture wasn't as um, reachable and accessible, mm -hmm. especially for somebody that's in high school. You know, like again, no Instagram, nothing. You know, we had MySpace in. And even then, you know, shit was barely popping. So, yeah. So it was it, it was interesting. It was interesting. Yeah. Before we end, wait, I want to ask, um, what's a one of what's a good song that you would like to be attached to? You, to you? It'd be nice to know if you had a soundtrack for your for your coming out or for your journey for your life. Mm, wow, that's a really good question. <laughs> it's like I'm going through my Spotify in my head. I'm <laughs> you know, um, I would, and it's gonna sound like so cheesy, so cheesy, but um, I really like that I'm coming out by Diana Ross. I love me some Diana Ross. Um, my my dad is uh, KRS 101 all these I don't know if they still have that station KRS 101 so I listen to like a lot of like classic music and stuff like that and that song even before I was you know it just always kind of made me feel like happy and you know bubbly and everything and then once I grew up I was like oh it's a gay <laughs> anthem you know <laughs> you know Miss Ross better get it um, so I would say that one I really want to talk about the the makeup, like his the power of makeup. Yeah, I know that Mauricio came out when they were twenty five to the parents, but you talked about um, like going in full face for the first time, right, to a gay club in West Hollywood. Yeah, and I had when he was describing that scene of him stepping out of the car, and then even though he had his um his his piece with him he still felt like he was, he didn't belong, or he felt really anxious, right? Yeah. So I think it's like the, the makeup there was, 
is helping him, but at the same, same time, it drew attention to him, right? I felt like it was a really good story he described of him walking to the club. I wonder what was racing through his mind, you know? Like, was he getting all the stares or was he staring back at the people while he was waiting in line? I don't know, but I really like that, that little anecdote that makeup yeah. told us. Yeah, it seemed, it, seemed like the, uh, it seemed like the face sort of, you know, empowered him, right? And it's kind of ironic, right? Because at the same time, not wanting to be sort of seen or not knowing, right, how to be seen. Um, but still, you know, going out at full face to, to make sure that you were going to be seen, right? It seems, you know, somewhat ironic, but I think uh, that's the empowering part, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. You know, is that, that you know, being, being able to decide how and, and in what way, I guess, right, you're going you're gonna to be out there. Yeah, and the theme of makeup also is part of his coming out with his parents. Um, his mom dragged him out and and told his dad that you know he was gay and a queen. So, so I think the makeup is something that was that maybe you know his mom wasn't ready for, or like she just drew attention to that and she like emphasized on it when she dragged him out. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, I was like, what, the makeup does good for him, right? It did well. Like it made him, it made him feel like a full person and like an individual, but at the same time becoming, becoming that full individual, like he had to go through problems or little issues with his family at the same time. Right. And so I was just like, wow, the makeup, makeup does so many things at the same time, you know, like it does your face, it makes you, you could go out in public with it, but it draws your attention and maybe, I don't know if you want that attention or not, but it just depends on where you're going and not every place is going to take you as you are, even now. Yeah, I have a question um, about the makeup that I was thinking about. And I don't know if it's like an ignorant question, but it is like a, I am being honest. Um, Is makeup, like, is makeup considered feminine? And what makes makeup a feminine thing? Like I was thinking about his um his type of makeup that he does when he's like uh when he's doing the counter, like in a way he when you see his Instagram posts and all that stuff you could tell that he's his makeup is for like a drag like the drag audience I get that okay. like it's meant for that particular space, but I don't think it is really that much connected the style is connected to like trans identity. Right. I don't right. know. It's really difficult to figure it out but you know Mauricio talking about um, you know makeup's not always uh, sort of out there and extreme right it it, it in some ways is subtle right and and mentioning that you know when folks are first coming out and not knowing how to do their makeup and you know finding those subtle tricks right to highlight these kinds of things you know Mm -hmm. Um, that seemed to be a journey in itself right yeah Yeah. I I think they may mention the the first full face was just all ivory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like I want to do makeup, I don't know what to do, so I'm just gonna put all my face is gonna be the same color or something like that. Yeah. And but I guess when you're more comfortable and you got all these techniques down, you could do the contour, right? You could really right. alter yourself. It makes you a new, a, a different person, and definitely changes how people interact with you. Mm-hmm. 
Also, I, uh, it was interesting to um, hear him talk about uh, the of feeling, not, not feeling, but like being alone, you know, or being a late bloomer um, when he was in high school and also using social media as a way to, to learn about queerness and to connect with other folk mm -hmm. instead of like in-person interaction. So I, I, I found that also, it, it, it sounds like we've heard that before in, in other interviews that we've been part of. I feel like that resonated with, with my own um, coming out story too. I felt, I felt alone, like I was the only gay person in the world or on my whole neighborhood. And when he was mentioning that story, he's like, yeah, he would go to school and, and he was overweight and he had these small group of friends, you know, but even though they accepted him, they were still homophobic at the same time, which added another layer of loneliness, right? So, I don't know. It's really, it's really complicated, but um, I, felt, I felt like a strong connection to him, especially with the late bloomer. I, I, that's, it's interesting to me how people sort of accept you know, an individual while not necessarily accepting, right, uh, you know, all of the other stuff, right, that, that, that goes into making the individual, you know, so they might accept one particular friend into a, uh, you know, into their group or their network or whatever, but still the category itself, right, is something that, you know, people refuse to, to be open to or to accept, right, mm -hmm. and so then, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy how you can still supposedly be accepted by a group of people and still feel alone, you know, because ultimately it's you as an individual they accept, not, you know, you at the core. Mm -hmm. that's that. Yeah, so that, yeah. That, that, that acceptance, I don't, I don't know, that, I guess it's not acceptance, right? It's something else. Yeah, it's like an invitation to surveillance. Because yeah. then you have to watch who you truly are because not all aspects of yourself are accepted. Yeah. Yeah, an invitation to be excluded, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, but interestingly though, like we were talking about in the in the introduction, right? The you know, the person that accepted them the most was the person that supposedly was supposed to, you know, lay some discipline down and and, and, you know, and, and fix, you know, fix gangster back into the category, right? Put them, you know, put them back into their place. And it turned out that, you know, the dad was, was more open than people would have thought, right? Yeah. And I mean, how do you, I just, I just wonder as like, a, as a kid growing up with your parents, how do you figure out your parents? Like, what will their reaction be? Will they, you know, like, I, I just wonder if, he, he saw it coming that his mom would react a certain way that till this day, they don't have like the best relationship. And his dad reacted in a more supportive way and they have a good relationship. So it's like how I, I'm thinking of like how he ended the interview. Like, I'm just wondering like, how can youth today figure out a way to read their parents? I'm pretty sure that they're still figuring that out with themselves and their parents. It's it's on it's an ongoing process right and you is you have to do it you have to do the work to make your children feel not just children but as people right um but 
what really I liked um, towards the end of the interview was their, their advice with other queer, queer youth and queer folks was like, there's no time limit, right? There's no race, there's no, there's no place or time you have to reach in life to come out. Like it comes about as it, as it is and um, you should just take it as in a slow process or something like that. But I feel like they didn't have, well, they were dragged out by their mom. So I feel like they, they didn't have that luxury of taking their time either. Yeah. And we interviewed other folks that were dragged out too. And so it's, I don't know, it's like it's being dragged out and coming out are two different things. Right? They, I don't know. I don't, I'm trying to figure it out um, like every day and trying to reflect on what was my coming out and why, like what, what made me feel like I had to come out. So it's kind of like, I don't know. Do, do you think? Do you think it was was it was it you or was it? I guess what I'm what I'm wondering is that you know when you say what made you come out was it internal was it external was it was it was it both was it? I feel like it was everything. It's like yeah. inside and out. Like something inside me was telling me to come out, and then I had people around me who were out, and then then people were wondering about me at the same time. Yeah. Like who are you hanging out with? Why are you doing those things? So yeah. Thanks for listening. For more narratives, please visit culturemediaarchive.org and click on the archive tab. Unconditional Love is part of the Youth Citizenship Narrative Project and recorded at the Ethnography Laboratory at UC Riverside. You can send us an email with questions or comments at unconditionallovepodcast at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. Culture Media Archive.